Hello, welcome to episode 53 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and the founder of Introverts Unite Bristol, a local support group for those with crippling introversion. A safe space that everyone, <laughs> that every member agrees to turn up to, but cancels at the last minute. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> what? What? I've heard you about your group. I, mm. think it's, I think it's admirable. I don't know how you heard about it. We don't advertise. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sports, and oh, I haven't put anything in there. Um, we're all work in progress, and uh, this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to us on your favourite podcasting app, and tell a friend or a family member about us, and don't forget you can get in touch with us on email at imfinecast at gmail.com uh, with complaints about Mark's behaviour. Um, coming up, warm up and stretch, catch up some bookmarks, work-life ballet, life is an illusion, another bold title, it's got some mind-bending things to talk about. Mm. In Brain Food, we are revisiting sarcopenia, something to do about worms, I don't really know what that's about. Mm. Yeah. We have some life hacks and um, some items from Mark I don't know about, which I found in your notes. Okay. How are you this fine day? So I was thinking the other day, that's, yeah, we discuss this quite a lot, don't we? When you ask me and then I sort of... Sometimes deep, we do, sometimes we don't. Dive. I'm wondering whether... There's a lot of chat about that at the moment. I'm just wondering whether it is the best thing. It's sort of, sometimes I feel like it's none of your business. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Sometimes I feel it doesn't really matter how I am. Yeah. So I'm wondering it's whether... It's the whole point of it though, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm wondering whether it should be, the question should be replaced by a statement, something like, I hope you're feeling positive today. And you go, I'm not, fuck off. Hmm. Which is just like asking how, how you are, really. Yeah, I guess. I, don't, I sometimes don't like to be asked any questions. Yeah, I know. Mm. <laughs> I'm all right. You picked pick the right medium, haven't you, for that? <laughs> Discussion generally has questions. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Answers. all right. I'm just, I'm just being pedantic. Yeah. Uh, I'll you ask you as well now. How are you? No different to how I was last time you asked. I'm on a, you know... Par. Flatline. <laughs> Flatline, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, preponderance. You used the word preponderance the other week. Yeah, I use it a lot. Yeah. Do you know what it means? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I said I use it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice word. I'd like to, if, if I had time and the inclination, quite frankly, I'd like to go back and create a glossary. A little, little coffee table book of all the lovely words we use in this podcast. Oh, got an apology. I said mendacious. It's mendacious. When? When did you say that? The other day. Did you? What, in mm. the, on the pod or just... <laughs> mendacious means lying and I used it, but I, I don't know why I said <gasps> mendacious. You used a word. It, Incorrectly. Unbelievable. I'm surprised the PT union didn't pick up on that mm. one as well. Well, it depends who you're talking to. Mm. Who's not on here, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. It was a quote. I did a quote and it had mendacious in it and I said mendacious. Anyway, moving on. Right. Tesla and Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. As a, it's not news. It was news when it was news. Mm -hmm. We talked about Bitcoin on our health, no, on our wealth. And then what happened? Oh, that's true, isn't it? You Mm. keep saying this. (laughs) It is, though. It is. We talked about it, and then Elon Musk goes and, well, puts a little bit of money into it. For those who don't know, well, he's got to be, he's treading, he's treading uh, an iffy line at the moment because everything he kind of, he tweets Mm. suddenly gathers pace because everyone, you know, like, Signal was one of the. He just tweeted "use Signal" yeah. when the uh, the new policy came out mm. for WhatsApp, and basically the take up for Signal was just extraordinary. All their servers crashed. Yeah. Tesla bought uh, one point five billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. 
yeah. expects to start accepting it as a payment yeah. for cars in the future. The news caused the price of Bitcoin to jump 17% at this time to $44,000, mm. which was an all-time high for Bitcoin. I also know that the market capitalized, the global market capitalization has gone over a trillion for the first time now. What are we up to now? About 55000 It wasn't this this morning, but it's now $57,000. Mm. Almost £41,000. Mm. So you're sitting pretty with your yeah, well, I thought I bought. Well, I, I thought think. I bought high. I think I bought about 15000 mm. And was, as we've discussed before, I haven't got a whole Bitcoin. No. I've, got, I've got a very tiny piece of one. But at the time I bought it, I think it was about 15000 Literally within a week, it went down to about 3000 Yeah. And of course you go, why didn't I just... <laughs> Why didn't I just... Um, Prices may rise and fall. So uh, Tesla said it was trying to maximise returns on cash that has not been used in the day-to-day running of the company. Mm. <laughs> you know, problem, problems to have, right? Yeah. <laughs> just all sitting around going, what are we going to do with this big pile of cash? Guy at work kind of sent me um, a visual the other day of what a million pounds looks like. Yeah. Like a stack in stack of 20s. Yeah. A million was almost as high as a double-decker bus. Was it? Just a million, yeah, in, in 20 pound notes. Mm. Yeah. Um, was that just one pile? Yeah, I don't think it was. Like yeah. a tower. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a tower, of if, yeah. you, if you could do such a thing. But one and a half billion. Imagine that just sloshing around. Mm. So Tesla is likely to have made larger profit from its Bitcoin investment in January than it did from selling electric cars last year, as the value of cryptocurrency went through the million, well, as you said, the one trillion mark. Yeah. Assuming that the electric car maker holds as many Bitcoins today as it did on January 31st, it has made a paper profit of about 930 million more than um, 721 million profit it reported for 2020. <laughs> Imagine that, all that effort making cars to make that 721 yeah. million profit and they've just smashed that within, yeah. within days of doing bugger all. Have, you, at- have you seen some of the, um, the AI investment? Maybe we could look at this later down the line because I don't have enough information. There are people no. using AI bots yeah. to basically buy in the market. Is this like anything off the back of the GameStop stuff or not? No. Is this predicting stuff or... No, no, no. It's it's basically, I don't know even how you do it, but you get AI Mm. to be making a whole range of like instant decisions on all the stocks. Right. But I imagine what's happening is rather than going someone going, oh, I I think Tesco's might be be Mm. going up, Mm. it's like literally split second decisions of this is now moved and therefore... Yeah, my computation tells me that if this moves by three percent, it's going to move to five. So I'm going to invest that and then sell it two minutes later. Yeah. And, and I've seen one scroll down, and it's literally transaction after you know hundreds of transactions, mm-hmm. and the person made like a hundred dollars or something. I think it's that sort of micro payments that you're yeah. that this AI is just continually investing on your do, behalf. And it, yeah, it can rather than the time it's taken to look at it, make a decision, pick up the phone, or even go physically make that transaction it's already done it yeah or sold it or yes think about like the weather meteorologists and all the yeah. kind of the date data driven stuff because obviously ai is all data driven yeah. it's just it's literally sucking it all in and the yeah. more data it has and the the, the more it works the better it's going to get over time isn't it mm. so when the mm. weather gets accurate every day that goes by the weather gets more and more accurate yeah doesn't it when you've got what they're doing at the moment with the, with the markets moving the goalposts on how trading works yeah then the you know the ai has got to be moved they're gonna to have to start changing the laws in terms of ai well we talked we talked you, about ai devising ai that's the problem yeah when ai becomes self-aware yeah <laughs> and can create yeah. better then 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 it's going to outperform humans in yeah. terms of investment because the data, data, yeah. there's there's ai out there trying to detect ai 
Yes. In terms yeah. of deep fake, yeah. gonna, they're going to have to run some AI to detect the AI within yeah. within the markets. Because how do you know it's not someone physically typing it in over an AI typing it in? Mm. You know, mm. mate, mm. There's a mate of mine years ago. He's a real, real kind of gifted kind of web developer buying and selling old iPhones on eBay. Mm-hmm. And he found a little kind of model that if he buys them, you know, if he can get them for maybe $8 or something, mm. he can, he knows he can tidy them up and flip them for 15 yeah. right? Yeah. So rather than go on, on and do that manually, he wrote some scripts, which went and found, you know, look for this kind of spec, this yeah. price, yeah. this delivery cost in these areas, yeah. and it would just go and bid. And he just yeah. set a script that would bid automatically for it. So all these phones would just arrive at his door. I mean, he mm. didn't even have to, mm. and he could stop at any point, he just let it run, and he'd just flip and flip and flip. He was making... He was making thousands it got to the point we just got bored of it and did something else but that's quite a simple version of that mm. as, the, as the kettles this is your latest uh, well this <laughs> is my venture yeah. you know we're going into business together this is this is the side hustle um this is a, this is low level stuff <laughs> i mean yeah i got that from master so, as to sell a kettle that's quite a good looking kettle and i think it costs it doesn't matter what it costs it costs x and this person lists them on eBay. Yeah. And what they've done is basically cut and paste the photograph from Asda and the description and everything else, but taken out any reference mm-hmm. to Asda. Mm-hmm. They charge more for them. And it's a good-looking, yeah, expensive yeah. colour. When you look at the Asda one, you go, God, that's a bit of a bargain. And what happens is they've been set up so when someone on eBay puts in an order, that order gets transferred by the computer to Asda. The person who's running this side hustle takes the 36 quid for the thing right okay. and then a payment gets made to asda for 28 pounds who get the name and address of this person and post them the cattle so the person who's putting up the product on ebay never touches the product never touches yeah. the packaging never does anything mm. basically is a broker yeah that allows someone to pay more than they would do if they went direct <laughs> to asda and pockets the difference yeah and this person was saying i do nothing it's just yeah. Someone clicks it, that click then goes through to Asda yeah. and they send this person the Because once you've got the automation, the you, can, yeah. you, can bring, you can bring the markups down. Yes. Again, covering it, as long as they cover costs. You know, yeah. the, the, you, rather than ripping the arse out of it, you can yeah. bring it down to really small margins because yeah. then it's about volume, isn't it? The only problem that happens, of course, is when something goes wrong with it. Because Which, then you but, go, yeah. this kettle doesn't work, and then suddenly you're fixed with. Yeah. You, you, you then you, have to go back to. You Asda. don't build one of those one of those companies and then worry about customer service. No. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, because it's going to be busy. You're yeah. going to need fifty people on customer service while you put your feet up yeah. in Marbella. You and know, when it's wrapped in Asda paper when it comes in, yeah, <laughs> delivered in an Asda van. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I was thinking about Tesla the uh, the other day, and I, I found this post which said, um, 15 years ago, these brands didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And the brands are Instagram, iPad, Snapchat, Airbnb, Bitcoin, Spotify, Pinterest, Uber, WhatsApp, Blockchain, Slack, Tesla, 4G, Android, and YouTube. Hmm. Astonishing, isn't it? Yeah. How long ago was that? 15 years. 15 years, yeah. yeah. Just a quick stat on YouTube. Just, I guess it, the, the point of this was just, you think they've been around forever. I mean, we know they haven't been around forever, yeah, but it yeah. feels a lot longer than it has. I mean, yeah. 15 years is nothing for those. So Google bought YouTube in 2006 for $1.65 billion, hmm. uh, And YouTube's ad revenue is $1.65 billion every three weeks. <laughs> it sounds astonishing. It actually is, because the amount of money, when you're talking in billions, as we've talked about billions before, how, how much that actually is. Yeah. You just can't quite get your head around that. No. Those levels of money. And big business now is just, it's beyond, yeah. it just gets thrown in. And it's just like, when you look at Amazon, you just go, oh, it's a big shop. It's, yeah. 
it's beyond our dreams, isn't it? If you actually saw it, yeah, that was an interesting. You know, you said that one point six five and just that sort of numbers like that. Did you see the thing? That is it. The latitude and longitude of the pyramids oh, are the right. same number as the distance from the Earth to the Sun. Yeah, I've heard things like that. Yeah. and also there's some there's something to do with like the the dimensions of the pyramids. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was. Add up, add up to three hundred sixty-five, and you think well, it just represents the amount of days. Or yeah, but but then just thought about that. We talked about mathematics in the last couple of pods. Yeah, where do that if you look for some. We're coming up to this actually an illusion. Yeah. If you yeah. look for something, well, you find can it. you can you find yeah. it? I don't know whether you know they've they've gone the pyramids, measured stuff, and go hold on that just absolutely adds up. Or do they yeah. go how can we make this you know link to the things that again you met about measurement? How can we measure this to make it relevant to the world that we can understand? I, I think that's... you know, you know what yeah. I mean. Because it, you, uh, you can measure it in, in feet and inches and it doesn't match your criteria. And then yeah. you make it centimetres or millimetres and it look does. look at that. Yeah. yeah. Or the way you measure it, you can make it add up to... If you're good at maths, you can make anything add up to anything you want yeah. to do. Well, you can, can't you? Yeah. yeah. little roads lead to somewhere. Yeah. Oh, the um, Big Simon Little Rain, I've remembered now. Yeah. It was, it was part two of my rant about the mainstream media. Mm. A dozen podcasts ago, I was saying... Because I remember you laughing, me saying it's now legal that you have to have certain names before describing someone. And we said the football manager, Big Sam, Big Sam Allardyce and Little Lorraine Kelly and one or two other things. And I've been looking out for that. And I think what's happening more and more is that the pigeonholing of people now is becoming almost total in terms of... We were talking about Be, be Kind a couple of pods ago. And I think what happens now is... More than ever, people are just put into this pigeonhole and then that's accepted. So, for example, I've seen some descriptions of Chris Whitty along the lines of he looked like the kid you bullied at school, doesn't he ever get out in the sun, blah, 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 based on his personal appearance. So if someone came up to the majority of people and go, what do you think of Chris Whitty? They'll go, oh, he's a bit of a geek and he's done that. For all we know, he's a swinger that plays American football and takes crack. But our perception and the way he is, do you know what I mean? So what, what I'm saying is, I think now in the mainstream media, everybody is almost, so this is the reason I'm giving this, I'm gibbering. Jamila Jamil. I've heard little bits of Jamila Jamil. I've seen little excerpts of her on Twitter and I've heard one or two things on mainstream media. And I've jumped to the conclusion mm. that she's a bit up herself. Mm -hmm. I then listened to a podcast that you recommended mm -hmm. and I thought she was eloquent. Mm -hmm. I think she mentioned her description around mental health was informative and I've changed my perception. I mm -hmm. still think one or two things she said were perhaps, in effect, easy for her to say. Yeah. You know, when it's like, well, yeah, yeah. sometimes I don't even wear makeup. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean... But the point is, mm -hmm. is that my view of her and the stereotype had been formed by myself and I don't see myself as judgmental and I'd fallen into that trap. Yeah. So if someone had said, which of these celebrities do you like? <laughs> yeah. Or which of these are a bit up themselves? Yeah, yeah. Based on nothing yeah. other than misrepresentation. Well, so, so we, we all do it. I think yeah. we have. But yeah, I think it's now more than ever. And this is the thing I was saying about the BBC. The way people are now presented is you only ever see one side of them. Well, would it be fair to say that your view of Harry and Meghan has mm -hmm. changed? Mm -hmm. now since when you first brought them up because i think mm -hmm. they were annoying you when you mm -hmm. first brought them up and mm -hmm. i was doing that because i think i my personal view is i i think the royal family is kind of you know i know what everybody's view yeah. of it but i think it's generally an, an all right thing mm -hmm. and just because some it's old it doesn't mean you have to throw it out and reinvent no. everything you. You know? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But to be fair, I'm not really bothered either way. But mm. it's like, well, it's, it's all right. Because of what I've said, you might have gone away and looked at it slightly differently. Yeah, I found myself almost casually drifting into taking the narrative from the mainstream media. Mm. And every single person now seems to have to fit a criteria. It's it's almost like that sort of, it's almost like disposable. Mm. And I, I saw some, you know, Amanda Holden went to visit her parents. Mm. And so there was outrage on Twitter. Yeah. And my view is her parents were ill. Mm. She traveled and she saw them. It broke COVID rules. If my parents were alive and ill, I would do the same thing. Yeah. But the vitriol was around. Yeah, was. She's vacuous. She's seeking attention. She thinks she's better than us. She could be a loving daughter going to see her sick parents and someone said oh it's interesting that she went to visit them a couple of days after her 50th birthday just to pick up her presents yeah. i'm thinking the millionaire amanda holden doesn't need to travel 200 miles to pick up some birthday presents and they are the people back to the guy harry and megan who who are getting stick for you know releasing a press release they you know yes they they use the media yeah. of course they do for, yeah. because their positions and for whatever reason Amanda Holden does, yes. and actually even Jam- Jamila Jamil does, yes. because they're either high-profile celebrities yeah. or they're doing, you know, actors or they're doing some charity or whatever. They're going to be in the in the public eye there if is... they've come from kind of good backgrounds. They're ri- they're rich pickings, aren't they? But then when you're a national treasure, you can do well, no wrong because you've just got the, you've, you've just got the millionaire. Criteria. You've just gone the millionaire Amanda Holden. Yeah, you made judgment, you know, because she's got a load of money. If she didn't have any money, she well, no, you know, she wasn't in the public eye, wasn't there? This no one would give two shits about her. So it, yeah, if she was from the a different office, background, it's the pedestal. Mercy dash. It's just the, the privilege thing just popped up in my head again. Don't know that kind of tends to sway people's judgment. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're all right. They're no, of course they'll be fine. They're a millionaire. Yeah, it doesn't mean shit, does it? No. <laughs> really? That what we've just been talking about was it was the kind of the kind of the meat in the sandwich about if you look hard enough for something, it will appear or it exists. Yeah, that kind of. And I've done some stuff. It's all beyond me. Really, is the kind of does does original thought exist? And the idea that if you can think, you know, just because you've thought something, it, it can exist or it does. It, arguably, it does exist just yeah. because you've thought about yeah. it. It's there in the in the ether. And we get mm-hmm. into kind of truth and spirituality and consciousness, which I think we're probably going to come to. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned the uh, the Higgs boson yeah. particle didn't yeah. I, in the last one. And I called it the God's particle. It was just called the God particle. But mm-hmm. I've, I've done a bit of digging on that because they and we talked about Hadron Collider in the last one, didn't we? And the price of it. I think it's totted up to about four billion. Yeah. In terms of just how much it costs to to dig a dirty great magnet in the ground, which is twenty seven kilometers in mm. circumference, you know, no mean feat. Mm. There's some tremendous stats on that thing. I don't really want to hear them. No. But they're <laughs> good because I can't find them. I haven't got them to hand. Um, I am glazing over. No, but the whole point of they built this. No, yes. They. Be- <laughs> Yeah, but you're still going to listen to what I've got to say. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm glazing over because my brain doesn't... No, but the idea they built this this thing... Can't even picture it. Because it's, it's so enormous, right? Which yep. is good. It's backing up my... Th- my yes. They built that on a theory. Yes. If me, me and thee mm. decided to put a little business plan together, right? Yeah, God forbid. We've got, <laughs> we got this idea, right? Yeah. We go, right, we think there's, we think there's this particle out there. We think there's this kind of, this kind of energy field of kind of, you know, we're, gonna, we're trying to work out what mass is and the mass mm. of particles. Mm. Right, okay, cool, yeah, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Why would we want to do that? Oh, it doesn't matter why. It's not going to benefit mankind in any, any one way or the other. That's not the point. But it'd be nice to know. Yeah, we've got this idea and we've got a name. There's this guy in the, you know... In the 60s, we came up with this idea. We thought we'd try and prove him right mm. or wrong. Okay, cool. I'm with you. So what do you want to do? Well, we want to dig a massive hole in the ground. Mm. 
and build this fucking dirty great magnet that's 27 mm. kilometers in circumference. Excuse me, it's what? No, it's 27 kilometers yeah. in circumference. And it's going to be the coldest place on Earth, the, the most vacuous place on Earth, yeah. and will generate temperatures 10,000 times hotter than the sun or something. Yeah. So we're going to create conditions on this planet that don't exist anywhere else in the universe. Yeah. Right? How is it going to cost? For about 4 billion quid. <laughs> cool. Here's a check. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. How on earth do you even get to that kind of, yeah. based on something that might or might not be fucking true? I just, it's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mind you, it's not that bonkers. Track and trace. <laughs> I've got 12 million for something. It's a digital project. It's never going to be finished. It's an no. app. It's never going to be finished. It's never going to work. No one's ever going to adopt it. But here's the money anyway. But that's a different story, right? Just just going back on that, and I'm not, I'm not stopping the illusion thing, but I'm just, just putting in the, the haven't human... haven't got on to that yet. Yeah, but just putting the human nature bit into it. Mm. I was thinking about track and trace. Yeah, it's illusion. It's an illusion. It is an illusion because <laughs> yeah. it isn't based on science. It's based on human nature. Yeah, which I think they've which I think they've totally underestimated. So my understanding is number one. So on my course today, mm. there's an app that was recommended, which yeah. I hope to be reporting on on the next pod because mm. it sounded very exciting. Um, like there's this app called TikTok, and you're like, I am all over that. <laughs> I am all over it. I've been on it. I've got 20,000 views. I'll have you know. <laughs> no, it wasn't TikTok, no? No, it wasn't TikTok. Okay. Um, so when I heard that, I thought it was a great idea. But I didn't download it straight away. Mm. And the guy went, I think it's free or it might be It might be 199 I'm not and you're sure. Like, I'm out. And I thought, <laughs> I actually thought that means I've got to get my credit card out. Do they accept Apple Pay? Can I, I probably won't, but he said it would be good for my mental health. But, you know. It's not ready, mate, to be honest. It's yeah. making me anxious already. Yeah. yeah. And so I might... You know, hopefully, I'll go back and have it on my to-do list and be able to speak about it next week. But the track and trace, basically, first of all, you have to download the app. And 65 million people aren't going to download the app. But so that's you... not... I talk about adoption in kind of app terms and software terms, but that's not adoption downloading it. No, no. It's just, just utilizing... Just for, you know, yeah. Download's great. Who's using it? But I mean, even saying that the, the downloads... It's so it's so severely restricted that that it fails at the first hurdle because it, you won't get thirty two million, you won't get half the population no. doing it. No. So it undermines the whole thing. Even if you got half a million people doing it, and then people used it mm. exactly as it should be used. If you think back in the the second lockdown, there's hardly any cafes that had QR codes. <laughs> I went to places and they asked for your name and address yeah. on yeah, a piece yeah. of paper. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is mm. that if you are you were you were in a shop, so say near someone who has tested positive, mm. and your job is I don't know you're on a building site and you can't mm. be furloughed and if you don't go to work your family don't. Yeah. It's like well I'm not going to stay in here for fourteen days I'm asymptomatic so it's undermined by a theory can't be expanded if it's reliant on on no. human nature so that that and could never have it, worked no, it just couldn't no if they'd done an angry birds track and trace yeah you might you're gonna get some, you're gonna get some people having a little look aren't yeah. you yeah and the interesting thing about the track and trace is that i don't know if you know that they've asked for police to have access retrospectively to it go on my mind's worried no no that that's as far as it's got there was something brought what, up to then go to see the people who are breaking lockdown but the thing is i, I haven't got it no i haven't got it no you, you said 12 billion. Could, I've seen 22 billion mentioned. That could have changed yeah, this world. Yeah. It could, yeah. <laughs> we could have it, got rid it, of every homeless person in the UK. Yeah. Even if it's 12 billion. Wasn't that that stat? I'm sure we've covered this on the pod. Mm. 
because it was about protecting the vulnerable people. There was a thing yeah. we could have taken all the vulnerable people to Barbados. Oh, that was the thing I was saying about yeah. the care homes. Could yeah, quarantined yeah. like thirty. Was it thirty? That maybe more. Yeah. Three hundred thousand vulnerable people. Yeah, taking them all over there. To paid, paid them all thirty. Yeah, paid them all thirty grand in cash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And kept them over in Barbados yeah. for, for, for probably less money. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. If someone gave me 12 billion quid, we could build a website and spend every bit of that money. Mm. We, we talk about it at work all the time. If someone has it, you know, we can spend as much money as anyone wants to give us. Yeah. That is possible. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here going, those things don't cost 12 billion. Anything can cost 12 well, billion. Well, they haven't in any other country though, have they? No, they, they don't. But you know, I'm just trying to caveat myself here. They any, have the potential to. Anything can cost you know, 12 billion. Yeah. If someone wanted to pay you that much, right? <laughs> Depends on mm. what your rate was. But generally, things like that don't cost that much money, no. right? Not even anywhere near it. No. So th- they haven't even gone, we're going to spend 6 billion on getting it on everyone's phone. Mm. It's not even a 6 billion pound marketing exercise, is it? Or behavior change exercise. If you paid everybody in the country, children as well, 10 quid, it would only cost half a billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just to do that. Pay, pay people to, to get on it. Yeah. Put, it, put <laughs> yeah, it on your phone. And when it comes we'll on your phone, you. we'll send you 10 quid. Yeah. That would have been a good use of 650 we'll some, million. We'll send you some chewits. Yeah. <laughs> a pack of chewits. A pack of Haribo with your T-shirt. Yeah, every week until until we're all vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> right? That would be a brilliant idea. I'd have that on there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, it's like your vitamin D with the um, with the injection. Yeah. It's, um, it's in Russia. You get an ice cream. Have you seen that? <laughs> Yeah, the government fought in that. You get like a Mr. Whipper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was well, that just to encourage a, people. Oh, that's that is true. the vaccine or not? Sorry? That's not the vaccine. There's more power from the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Have a 99. Back to Pfizer and the Mr. Whippy, aren't we? Oh, yeah. They're in the same ballpark. Mm. <laughs> there was a pun um, there in case you missed it. We were talking about Viagra, weren't we? Ballpark. What's the, what was the joke? Have I missed another joke? We're talking about Viagra. Pfizer make Viagra. I wasn't talking about Pfizer. That's I was talking about Mr. Whippy. You they said Pfizer. Mis- yeah, they made Mr. Whippy and they make vaccines. Yeah, they make Viagra as well. All right, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a jump. What's the thing about Pfizer? It's um, something about the vaccine's bound to protect you because it can bring the dead back to life. What? With Viagra. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> i got nothing. Getting back to the Higg- Higgs boson thing. CERN, the people responsible for this, have now got even grander plans. They're not even going to stop there. Right. Apparently a weasel, I don't know whether you heard about this, so it actually broke down for about 12 days. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a time where it broke down for months and months and months and it cost right. about 150 million quid. But yeah. it, there was a time I think it broke down for about 12 days because a weasel got in it mm-hmm. and uh, knackered it up. So they had to stop. I mean, a weasel mm. and a four billion pound bit of kit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did that get in there? Yeah. you think they'd have weasel detection, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's the first thing you bring in, isn't it? <laughs> the first thing. Yeah. When you're presenting the business plan, someone goes, um, have you thought about weasels? We got mink and stoats covered. <laughs> Aren't stoats Shit. and weasels the same thing? I don't know. Perhaps that's that's your happens. homework. Write that in your little little uh. pad. Um, so CERN had proposed uh, constructing a new particle accelerator, uh, the so-called Future Circular Collider, the FCC. It's all mm. TLAs, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, which would be four times larger in diameter and six times more powerful. It's mm. not a lot, is it? What, six times? Yeah. This thing's got more power than the universe you know put together come on to my point the german physicist sabine hossenfelder contends uh, that there is no reason to believe that the fcc would lead to breakthrough in physics the tens of billions of pounds it would cost could well be at best a huge gamble and at worst a huge waste of time mm. in a blog post in 2018 she went on further arguing that some physicists fabricate arguments for why the next larger collider should see new particles and that people have been too drawn to beautiful mathematical theories of physics such as supersymmetry despite a lack of evidence mm-hmm. i read that 
And I thought that's going to tee us up nicely for the, the illusion stuff. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can use mathematics or people are so into something that they can kind of, they can find a way to make, you know, to basically present the evidence for something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that, that then that just questions, does this thing actually exist at all? Or are we just creating the infrastructure or the measurements or uh, a method of, of collecting evidence collecting to, to make something appear? Yeah. Then it's a matter of belief. If someone presents that, you know, the evidence doesn't mean it's true. No. And then you're into the belief. I'm going to believe that that's the thing because someone who seems to have more GCSEs than I do <laughs> said it exists. Well, so why would, that... why would, why, and I, and I can't go and build a dirty great Hadron Collider to disprove the theory. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but so... that's, why, that's why I was going to interject there because someone has told us yeah. that might have been the person who had a vested interest in it existing. Yeah. Because he's in that business mm. and it goes back to the moon landings. Everybody, there we go. No, no, but Honestly, every, can't every, let it lie. Everybody in NASA who's invested in that. <laughs> well, that's it, the thing. You're like, we're too far down now. We're too yeah. fucking far down the line. <laughs> They're not it's going not to true, spend though, four so billion and go, <laughs> It's almost, it has to. It yeah. has to be the result. Yeah. Or some little, you know, little oik in the background with the kind of the thick rim glasses and a clipboard going, um, I think you'll find um, none of this is actually true, sorry. <laughs> Take him downstairs. <laughs> what did you say? Um, I've just done my computer, my, computer, my mathematics, and it doesn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John's right. John who? <laughs> no, he left. <laughs> no, he's over there on the floor with a bullet in his head. Um, should we get onto? Should we get onto this illusion then? Yeah. So I, I need to start. Gonna, this, this is just the this is just the preamble. We've got to get onto the. Okay, let's go onto the meat. We've got so, to jump over the music. Okay. Very very got... very very quick. No, this is to do with illusion. It was something I didn't finish saying last the do time we, before last. Can you carry it over? To where? The illusion. We haven't even got to the illusion okay. section. We'll no, right, that fine. next. Unless you want to. We're still chatting bookmarks. No. Oh, book... still book... Did I put any book? Can you read my bookmarks? I can't be asked. To We've look. done them. Not a clue. Right, let's get on to it. Life is an illusion. Mm. I brought some things to the party here. Mm-hmm. A little bit like the truth. You start to get into some heavy shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I can handle. Okay. I'm not sure I have, have the chops to do it any justice. So I just thought I'd just start. So we've touched... Okay. We've touched on truth <laughs> and how truth exists, but only in the eye of the beholder as we've come to yeah. establish, I'm trying to boil it down here, mm. and that there is no path to truth as long as we have consciousness. Mm-hmm. We'll come on to that in a minute. And only death manifests a destination. Like if there's a path to anything, it's dead. Because if it's not dead, there is no path and everything is just expanse and kind of exploration and, mm. yeah, the pathless land mm-hmm. stuff, you remember? Yeah. established there's no pillars of truth, mm-hmm. unlike in the PT Union of the UK. <laughs> which seems to have the only pillars of truth. Uh, so truth is only attainable through life, our life, and can only be based on our own foundations of what we perceive to be true. Yeah, I'm going to... Based put... on our senses, our spirituality, our belief system, and what we perceive to be fundamentally true, which is our truth. Yes. Can you go back to the first line of the last bit when I put my finger up? You're wag- wag- wagging your pen at me like, yeah. a, like I've been naughty. What, what colouring do you think? <laughs> is it green? Yes. It's wrong. That is so wrong. Truth can only be based on our foundations of what we perceive to be true. Okay, fine. So this is what I wanted to add as an apology for two podcasts ago. I started giving my Sims um, (laughs) belief of us being controlled as a part of a great video game. Very deep. And as I said it, I could just see, especially Amelia's raised eyebrows, as like, here he goes again. He's been saying this for a long time. Yeah, you're so embarrassing. (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, and I thought, yeah, part of me is just court jest, uh, being a little bit contentious. And then I went away and I thought, I don't actually disbelieve that that could be true. Yeah, I know. But you one talk, of the you things... Talk about, yeah. You talk about this, the, the being played thing, which is the other level of being played, which you reference yes. of the week. But as if we're literally puppets. Yes. But there's another part of that that maybe will either add some uh, validity to what I've said or maybe explain it. And I started to say it two podcasts ago. And I went, I've got this theory about being played. And then I never finished the sentence, unlike me. <laughs> what did you go on to? Something about oh. cocktails, I don't know. Yeah, something. So this is the point I was going to make. You know the thing that people go about when a tree falls in the forest does it make if a noise if there's no one there and all that i've had this theory for a very very long time like years and years and years that it is possible that people only become real when we have an interaction with them yeah and i know i'm going to misuse the term hologram because it's 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 maybe <laughs> what it's got red dwarf all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> i don't really what i've seen one or two but i don't anyway okay, move on <laughs> i'm so, not going to explain red dwarf <laughs> Um, and what made me think this was someone called Nina Fedorsky. So when I was at university, I can only remember the name of one person that I went to university with. And obviously, I didn't go in very often. If you're looking her up, she's a librarian in Manchester. So the person you're talking about, not... Yeah. Okay. Not, she's not someone famous, just put someone in your story. Yeah. Okay. Were you looking her up? Yeah, I thought you were just kind of quoting some philosopher. No, it's a good name though, isn't it? Yeah. So she is the only name that I can remember... Mm. There was a fellow student in the three slash four years that I wasted at Sheffield. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, that's probably from the fact that I didn't make very many acquaintances because I never went in. But her name has resonated with me. And I did look up at Google and I think she is chief librarian at Manchester University or Manchester Library. And my only memory or my main memory of Nina was that when we did romantic poets, Shelley and Wordsworth and Byron and Keats and all that, she was very into that and once or twice would try and help me with my English literature mm. by explaining the romantic poets. And we would sit and drink strong black coffee out of chipped... Yeah, of course you would. You have a black polar neck on. <laughs> so we first started wearing black room glasses. It's when I used to smoke very, very exotic French cigarettes. <laughs> Thin ones. Yes, with a holder. And we would just discuss that... <laughs> the monocle years. Yeah. Was Shelley, was Shelley really quintessentially romantic or was it the effect of the drugs? And so we would... Is this before your football hooliganism? <laughs> this was after. This was, okay. the, this was the, like the watershed. Anyway, why I thought of Nina Fedorsky was that of all the thousands of people I've met in my life and had interaction with, the vast, vast majority have disappeared into the ether. Mm -hmm. I can't remember their names. I can't really very much remember much of the jobs I did with them. I've got some vague memories of knowing some people. Yeah. But there's almost 8 billion people in this world. And I think it's only when I've traveled in the past and gone to somewhere like Delhi or Bangkok and just seen the absolute mm -hmm. volume of what thousands of people look like, like or when yeah. you go to Wembley and go, shit, this is like 90,000 people. Yeah. Small town. And, yeah. and that's nothing compared with the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, my memories and my interactions, it's almost like the rest is just, is just gameplay. And I'm being moved around and I meet people and I have some memory with that. And then I just, they all disappear. So what I'm saying is, like the tree in the forest, do people only become real when you have an interaction with them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then do they disappear back as holograms or actors? 
I thought within I was, this massive game. I'm going to have another film reference. Have you seen Fight Club? No. Right. So those of anyone have, I'm not going to spoil it. But there's an element I thought you were going to say, or go along the lines of, did Nina really exist? Or no, she you, did, yeah. Well, but she only existed because you observed her. Yes, she and was it, made real by my observations. And by your engagement and interactions yes. with her. And whether that reality was true reality or whether it was a dream or subconscious or whether it, I was being played mm-hmm. and someone with a remote control had sort of said, right, had moved me along in the game and I'd interacted with Nina yeah. Fedorsky. I guess, is it because did she have a profound effect on you in terms of... The reason being is it's the only name I can remember. And okay. I think that's scary. I was in Sheffield for four so years. So that's your point. Is that why do I remember her out of... Yes. Okay. Many interactions. Okay. Yes. Fine. Okay. And why can I remember what she looked like and what she wore. And I can remember, I can picture mm-hmm. where she lived and the bus stop and mm-hmm. and I hardly went into, and she wasn't a close friend. Yeah. Probably only met her a few times and did a bit of English okay. literature reading. And it's, so why has that stayed in my memory? Mm-hmm. Why has that interaction yeah. been yeah. the only one, the only person whose full name I can remember from four yeah. years in a city? And there's some element of anyone else may not exist. Mm. Anyone else outside of this engagement here may not exist. No. Right? I can mean, hear the cats, but they might not exist. No. There's an experiment. <laughs> cats in boxes. Um, can I run at some at past you, which might... Mm-hmm. Wheeler's delayed choice experiment. Um, you've probably heard about this, in, but it depends what things have been called. But in 1978, Mr. John Archibald Wheeler proposed an experiment called Wheeler's delayed choice experiment. It involved a moving object that was given the choice to act like a wave or a particle. Mm-hmm. Now, this is quantum, but I'm not going to get into it, right? Okay. I'm using it as the example based on what you've just said. The former acting as a vibration with a frequency that can distinguish it from uh, from other waves and the latter having no frequency that you can determine its position in space, unlike a wave. And at what point does it decide to act like one or the other? Cut to 2016. Uh, to carry out the test, re- researchers from the Australian National University placed a number of helium atoms in a suspended state known as Bose-Einstein condensate. Physicist Andrew Truscott said who's part of the experiment, said it proves that measurement is every... I've cut a lot of stuff out here. This is an abridged version of this experiment. It proves that measurement is everything. At quantum level, reality does not exist if you are not looking at it. Mm -hmm. The atoms did not travel from A to B. It was only when they were measured at the end of the journey that their wave-like or particle-like behavior was brought into existence. So the observer effect, I've been trying to bring this Mm -hmm. in for the truth stuff, and we didn't quite get to the observer effect stuff, where we often forget to factor in the distortion of observation when we evaluate someone's behavior. We see what they are doing as representative of their whole life, but the truth is we all change how we act when we expect to be seen. Are you ever on your best behavior when you're alone in your house? To get a better understanding of other people, we need to consider the observer effect. Observing things changes them, and some phenomena from phenomena (laughs) (laughs) you've broken the you've broken the awkwardness um only exist when observed now i've kind of talked about we talked about this in training Mm. and i always bring up the same thing which is probably the only thing i can really remember about sociology is about the experiment of observation so when you're when you're observing something or measuring something you are changing the outcome of the thing you are looking at yes so therefore, it was all about collecting evidence and, and it, there was stats, how you record crime, for example. Mm. You know, if you're suddenly monitoring an area for crime for CCTV or by monitor, by looking at it, you are, you yeah. know, the, yeah. the crime yeah. suddenly disappears. An example was if you're, you know, it's a real simple thing. If you are testing the air pressure in your tires, mm-hmm. you're changing the result as you're doing it. Yes. So you never get an accurate result. No. The observer effect is not universal. The moon continues to orbit whether we have a telescope pointed to it or not. 
but both things and people can change under observation. So before you judge someone's behaviour, it's worth asking if they are changing because you are looking at them or if their behaviour is natural. People are invariably affected by observation. Being watched makes us act differently. Hmm. It's not quite, you know, the fact that if you're not watching something, they don't exist. But we'll no. come on to that in a minute. But there is still a change of perception. Or when you even, even just a simple fact of what we know to be true, what we know to be reality, yeah. isn't, again, but we're getting into truth and fact here, aren't we? Yeah. Me interacting with you now, arguably, isn't a true representation of either of us. No, no. And then you could eat, not easily, because it's quite a big jump, but you can easily go, well, does any of this actually exist? then yeah for that matter yeah it's been just on a slightly different level yeah. and i get your point i was i'll tell this story now just because and this is shoehorning in a little bit i've got two to shoehorn the second one isn't <laughs> a shoehorn the first one is so i've got a slow puncture in one of my tires mm. so obviously the obvious thing to do is that i continually go to the garage about every five days and not do anything about not it. do anything about mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. i'm hoping that i'm going to be able to ring the garage or actually go there on monday right god and do something about it yeah, because it's getting... Do you want me to do it? Well, other... Do you want to come with you? <laughs> that, that sort of isn't the point. <laughs> no, no, I just thought you were asking me. No. What are you doing Monday? <laughs> <laughs> so when I went to get it, to blow it up again, there were two people in front of me blowing their tyres up. And, and why I find this very interesting, I seem to get a lot of material Did from... Did you film them? I did a little bit, just as a reminder... <laughs> Why it's I so did? Creepy. No, it wasn't creepy. It well, no, it wasn't. So what happened was they got out of the car, mm. and I was watching them, not filming, watching. Yeah. And the woman looked at me as if, and this is the bit about observation, looking at me almost as if like, I'd rather you weren't sitting in your car while we blow our tires. I'm not comfortable yeah. with you yeah, watching, watching me yeah. because I've only got three minutes on this. Yeah, I'm feeling pressure. I'm feeling pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Tw Twenty bar of it. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> So they went through, I think they obviously do this as a couple because it's what, like you know, a well old machine. Thing. Yeah. So he went round and took all the things off, all the um, really? dust caps. I don't like him already. No. What Had a loser. Passed them to her. Yes, dear. She was in charge of the dust cap. <laughs> For this stage, the, the machine hadn't been got on. He then got the wire and went oh, to no, the Oh, no, because you don't want to be wasting your time, no. do you, while you're dicking around No, like I can that. understand don't that. Don't want to put your 20p in. Pound. Fifty pound. Yeah, Jesus. Christ. I've almost bought a new tire every time, so I've had to blow it up. <laughs> so um, he went to the furthest tire, mm. which is sensible, but this is well. Still don't like out. it. No. And then what happened was that you set the pound per square inch on the machine. Yeah. And then put the pump yeah. onto the tire, and then when it's ready, it goes beep 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 beep, and you pull it off. What happened with this couple? Partly, I think, because he was on the far side in case there'd been some problems. She read out the increases one by one mm -hmm. in PSI. Mm -hmm. So he was blowing up the tire. <laughs> 28. <laughs> but no, no. Listen. As if there's no beep coming. As if there's no beep. <laughs> but this is how it went. And Cause, I can show cause, you. Yeah, because one of them's crouched down and the other one's... What, on the other side of the car? What? No, the other one's watching the, oh, the display and reading it out. You, yeah, is a you can see why I videoed it. So <laughs> I can show you later. <laughs> so she's going 28 PSI. She read out the whole thing. Well, it said PSI each time she read, time. She read the number. 29 PSI. Oh, that's hilarious. And obviously he was going to, I don't know, 32. And it would go beep, 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 beep. And she went, tyre pressure achieved, something like that. Are these fucking robots? No, and then, well, it's like Stepford Wives, isn't it? <laughs> But anyway, he did all four like that. But I was aware she was looking at me. Mm. 
probably not feeling comfortable. It was almost like that was there. Well, was time. she looking at you going, he's thinking I'm weird. I know I'm weird, but now he knows I'm weird. I think she was looking at me and thinking, why is he pointing a camera at me? <laughs> at this <laughs> point when you got out, yeah. But going to your point and not trying to be too flippant about this <laughs> is that my presence didn't change their activity. It was obviously a well-oiled machine, mm. but I could tell <laughs> she, she was quite... Yeah perturbed by the fact I was sitting in my car watching this it was almost like it was something they would have rather have done without me <laughs> so that's all the joy you would have missed out on yeah so yeah. that's number one but the other thing I was going to say was I get ocular migraines and they've increased with the beta blockers which we talked about uh, last time and yeah. ocular migraines are from your brain not your eyes and they're generally brought about by a trauma mm, mm. so when I had my brain surgery I woke up with an extreme form of ocular migraine. So I was, in effect, white blind. Okay. So I couldn't see, but it was like blinding light. Mm-hmm. They took me to the eye hospital, like, and they went, no, your eyes are fine, and then discovered yeah. it was ocular migraines. Ocular migraines produce patterns and colours, obviously not in my field of vision, because it's nothing to do with my eyes, and it makes no difference if my eyes are shut. So my brain is producing something very, very vivid, sort of kaleidoscope mm-hmm. of colours. And I'm thinking, that doesn't exist, does it? No. Because I can describe it, but no one else in the world can see it or record it or experience it or has to believe me. Yet when I see it, it's I can... It's not a physical thing either. Like no. I said, it's not happening with your eyes. No. It's not like, you've, you know, it's not like a... a I can't a, point to something and It's go, not a white light that would be generated because if you've, you've put force on it. Yeah. There are electrons yeah. and photons and all sorts of things doing that in your head. Yes. And your brain is interpreting that. As light. Yes. As but this has been created yes. by my brain as yes. a result of a trauma, i.e. Yes. the operation. Absolutely. But it doesn't, it doesn't exist. exist. But also, no, you're right, it doesn't exist in anybody else. And it probably wouldn't exist the same for anybody else also. So it's not really a thing. But it, but also then you're into how this looks. And we've talked about colours before, haven't we? Yes. How, you know, I, I might see yellow on the screen here. Yes. You look at it, it might be what I see as blue to yeah. to me. Yeah. It might be that colour to you. where language comes so in. So yeah, when you look at landscapes, I go, it's green, green grass and blue yeah. water and blue sky. You might look at it and it'd be my purple sky. You might have black instead of the green. And you might go, that looks beautiful. You might, you might be looking at two different things. Yeah. Well, not even the different colours. colours. It could be yeah. someone could look at it and it's basically in 2D yeah. or it's all geometric or it's pixelated. Because or... there's that condition, isn't it, where some people can't recognise other people's faces. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I have to maybe do a bookmark next time. But they can't. So people they know, yeah. they don't recognise them. Yeah. Is that different from hiding behind bins when you see someone you know? A little bit different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same <Yeah>. outcome. <laughs> I didn't see them. <laughs> That was John. No, what? <laughs> um, I found something called the Copenhagen Interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this article by this chap called Lachlan Brown. It said, many scientists have come to the Copenhagen Interpretation as their conclusion for understanding reality. The Copenhagen Interpretation comes from the School of Quantum Mechanics, again, and believes that reality does not exist without an observer to observe it. We've just covered mm-hmm. that. A reality is nothing more than an energy. Mm -hmm. What gives us physicality if the smallest parts of us have no physical characteristics? Then the energy is conscious when consciousness is observing it. This may be difficult to understand, but think of it this way. Since Mm -hmm. particles exist in several areas at the same time, then it must respond to an observation by choosing to exist in a singular location, allowing the observer to have an image to observe. (laughs) That's my brain flying out of my head. I'm... Right? Should I say it again? Or should I just carry on and put muddle through? For the two listeners that are left, (laughs) I feel your pain. (laughs) Um, I'll carry on. 
people can go back, hit the old back 15 yeah. seconds. Yeah. A growing number of researchers in this field believe that reality exists only because human consciousness wills it to exist by interacting with the energy that makes up the universe. Kind of getting on, coming to your little bit, mm. I want to kind of get onto that. And this is what I think this is. The consciousness illusion, I think it's coined by this guy called Keith Frankish, and he's a philosopher and writer. His article argues that phenomenal consciousness is a fiction written by our brains to help us track the impact that the world makes on us. This is the mm-hmm. bit I wanted to get to, talking mm-hmm. about your migraine. Um, just before I come to what phenomenal consciousness is, there's something called access consciousness, that when you attend to what you are seeing, this visual information is globally broadcast to mental systems involved in memory, reasoning, emotion, and decision-making, generating the host of effects mentioned. The experience of a stubbed toe, for example, carries information about bodily damage and will trigger a host of negative associations and reactions. It also has a qualitative aspect, a pure awfulness. Phenomenal so it's almost like a thing you can actually measure, mm. you know, like a physical kind mm. of reaction. Mm. You go, you know, and also that's probably a physical reaction that can happen in every in anybody. So phenomenal consciousness is what he believes is uh, is illusory. Uh, I don't think I've ever said that word. Uh, for science, finds nothing qualitative in our brains any more than the world outside. The atoms in your brain aren't coloured, and they don't compose a colourful inner image. And even if they did, there is no inner eye to see it nor do they have any other qualitative properties, which is pretty much what you've mm-hmm. kind of just said. There are no inner sounds, smells, tastes, and pains, and no inner observer to experience them if they were. If we're going to talk about reality, we have to talk about consciousness, and this yeah. is about consciousness. Yeah. And literally, your what you said about your migraines is literally that. That doesn't exist to anyone else, and this phenomenal consciousness is mm. literally that. <laughs> got to get on sarcopenia yeah you you mentioned it and said when we're doing one of our <laughs> many reviews that to revisit yeah and you'd said i think it came back when you were saying things you'd enjoyed and you just yeah but it's also really said, resonated with people people have talked about the, yeah you know the, the the virtues of of doing strength training and and building muscle and that kind of you know yeah and to talk about aging process didn't you yeah and to some degree it is reversed it's probably the closest thing you can get to certainly slowing it down or well there's two there's two things i alluded just now to the worms there's two things that have come into my mind i forgot about that (laughs) when we were talking about sarcopenia we were basically you're right it's (laughs) one way of describing it is it is an inevitability of the aging process Mm. that as you get older you age and as you age you lose muscle mass and i mean i guess our lives is just just after a certain age just the decaying it's the arrow of time yeah everything is decaying yes Everything is, that, is everything is, is that dying. The savvy again. Right? <laughs> everything is dying. Yeah. yeah. When I looked into this, I looked at something that I'm going to refer to from the University of Kent, and a, a researcher there was saying it's very hard to look into human aging because it it takes a long time to to, to do an experiment on. Yeah, and then they're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> so you have to start again. Yeah, and, or you're <laughs> retired before the results come in. Yeah. Um, and so they were saying they use they use these worms that I'll give the name of in a minute. Been looking at bees. They look at mice. Right. One, one or two other things they look at because basically, if something has got a lifespan of of um, four weeks, you can do the whole <laughs> aging process a lot better. <laughs> But the one thing they mentioned was a freshwater hydra. Mm-hmm. And this fresh freshwater hydra, when it has been captured and put into captivity, generally doesn't show any... Sorry, what is a... Uh, hydra. Oh, what is a freshwater hydra? Is that like a f- dragonfly or something? 
It looks like a mini squid, I think. Is it like a sort of um, a, shrimpy sort of a, squiddy yeah, thing? It's a freshwater organism. Oh, they're for sale here. <laughs> <laughs> they're native to the temperate and tropical regions. Biologists are especially interested in hydra because of their regenerative ability. I guess that's what you're talking about here. Yeah. So it says, they, Sorry, they do not appear to die of old age or indeed to age at all. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So hydra back in... I'm trying to remember now from mm. my bloody... Latin days. I think, wasn't Hydra a multi-headed monster? You better check this because it's more bollocks for me. Probably. I think it was like a multi-headed monster. And I got a feeling if you chopped the heads off, more grew. In Greek mythology, maybe not. A many-headed serpent or monster in Greek mythology that was <laughs> I slain. I read that. <laughs> <laughs> that was slain by Hercules and each head of which, when cut off, was replaced by two others. Right. Okay. You're literally Wikipedia. Yeah. Aren't you? But truthful. In a, in a hoodie. <laughs> um, or Heracles, as now people call him, don't they? Oh, not Hercules. No, Her- no, no. Hercules is no one. And then uh, there was a quiz show the other day and someone said, or oh, we would have accepted Heracles. It's like... Her- he- it can't be Heracles. There isn't another E in it. No, anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. So the freshwater hydra this that they cool. then captured yeah. basically doesn't live. The average lifespan is 1,400 years. Some do die. Sorry. The average lifespan of a freshwater hydra is 1,400 years. You fuck... No way. No, I'm not doubting you. I'm just absolutely... I'm not doubting you at all. It's just like, how on earth have I never heard of that? We say this every pod, don't we? <laughs> even to the untr- even to the mistruths. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That is unbelievable. Okay, right. I'm all ears. So it says their mortality appears to remain low for an indefinite period. In a controlled laboratory setting, they estimated that 5% of the Hydra population would still be alive over 1,400 Jeez. years. Over 1,400 well, again, years. they can't be around long enough to, to work that no. one out, but it's just a, you know, oh, wow. I think what they did was look at, during a set period of time, what was the aging process. And, and it, it did. Was like, it was so negligible. If it carried on like that, it would be, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Not, and the ones that the, the University of Kent <laughs> Can we just start eating them? <laughs> quick, yeah. rub, rub them Injection. in your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, the ones from the, when they were saying about the University of Kent that they said some did die, but it wasn't necessarily through aging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that led me to think, I've often said to you, I feel that the inevitability of aging is based on two things. One is because we don't have the medical resources to fight it. Yeah. Because you often hear of people like, the oldest person in the world is often like 117, 118, but we haven't gone up to 125 and 130. No, no. It stays around that sort of... So is there an inevitability that with current technology and current medicine, that's as good as we're going to get? Which goes back to the illusion thing. Mm. And this is why I wanted to mention the worms. So the worms in this lecture, which I have got a link to from the University of Kent, live on average three weeks. And they had them in a Petri dish with bacteria. And uh-huh. the worms basically swam around eating the bacteria, mostly E. coli, and were fine. But after a certain amount of time, and I think it was about five days, they started showing signs of aging. And they started growing tumours inside and they started deteriorating their muscle mass. And, right. blah, 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 blah. and then after about three weeks, the, the worms died. died. Mm-hmm. So what they were saying is that, that the aging process, whether it was a worm or a mouse or man 
went through the same thing. You got to a peak of, you know, top fitness yeah, and, then and then shit happened and you yeah. decayed and died. Yeah, yeah. But they identified one gene in this worm that if they modified that gene, the average life expectancy went from three weeks to six weeks. And what they were saying in this lecture was, if that can be replicated, <laughs> there is no reason. In theory, that yeah. couldn't happen all the way up the scale to mice and then from mice to men. Crikey. <laughs> so, <laughs> literary science. <laughs> you got it all, haven't you? So that was, that was basically why I wanted to go on that. So mm. one of the things I was thinking was the first thing is that you know, medicine and technology and everything that means we're going to age. And then the second one is a nurturing idea. And this is where I wanted to just speak for a couple of minutes. I have a feeling or I have a belief that whether it comes from traditions or from the media or from just society as a whole, that there is pressure for people, as they say, to age gracefully. <clears throat> and when people don't age gracefully, they are looked on as a little bit strange, a little bit eccentric, a little bit out of the ordinary, but they're not celebrated as achievers. But if they are, it's done very much as a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. So when I was running, I went to the UK Championships, and this is for Masters, so it's from age of 35 to 100. I'd competed, and I got to the final, the 200 metres, and we were out on the track. We put our starting blocks down. The starter went, oh, can you move your blocks? Because the race before hadn't finished, and it was a, a five-kilometre race. And we looked up, and this woman was still running around the track. All right. Everybody else had finished. Oh, right. And well, thank you. That was exactly that was exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <Right>. oh. <laughs> so she ran by and we just all applauded and we we're very supportive. Put our starting blocks back down, got under orders, starter goes, Can everyone stand up please? She just, she's got another lap. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> she runs by. She did the. We all applauded. <laughs> We'd been warming up for an hour. Yeah, you know, We're cold. now frozen. <laughs> you could hear the hamstrings pinging. <laughs> anyway, she rang right. And we then had the race, mm -hmm. went back into the stands, and this woman had been in a race that they'd put several age groups together. So it was something like 60 to 80. Mm. I think it was men and women. Yeah. And when we looked at her time, yeah. It was, I think she was something like 78. It was quicker than nearly all the clients I had at that time. But the perception was, oh, bless her. And then when we looked at the times of the mm. people, there was like 60-year-olds doing 20-minute 5Ks, or 70-year-olds doing 20-minute 5Ks. Mm. And there's a guy called um, Stephen Peters, who was the one that wrote The Chimp Paradox. Oh, yeah. He is running under 12 seconds of 100 meters at How 64 it? like oh. 11.5 i don't know anybody that can run that mm. Mm. so the point i'm making is that there's a lot i feel that once you start to fight the aging process you're seen as a bit quirky always oh, taking all those supplements he's taking all those tonics mm -hmm. you know sort of know your age and i'm going to do this as a reference but i'm going to show you this very 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 quickly so the reference is Train with Joan. I'm just going to show you a transformation picture of Joan. She has clearly defined muscles. Yeah, absolutely. And has obviously changed her body. I mean, she's weighing 68 pounds different, but it wasn't for weight loss. It was gaining of muscularity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joan is 74 years old. 
Like yes, a muscle yeah. definition in that second picture. She's a 74-year-old uh, fitness influencer. Yeah. Mm. And her bio has a single phrase, you can't turn back the clock, but you can wind it up again. <laughs> and I think that sort of sums up what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you look at those pictures of Train with Joan and you can see her triceps and you can see her glutes and you can see her quads, she has reversed the aging process. Yeah. And this is the point I think I'm making is that society and life and the narrative that we're fulfilling is that you do certain things at certain ages mm. and then one or two people carry on. But instead of it being encouraged and celebrated, so for example, these Masters Championships, you don't see them on the TV. No, of course you don't. But some of the other countries that was interesting, because I've never gone to the World Championships, but the, in the European Championships and in the World Championships, some other countries reward their masters by going, if you're the best in the world at this age, you need to be rewarded. You're, you're yeah, an elite yeah, yeah. athlete. Yeah. If no one at 60 can run as fast as you, that's as valid as no one at 20 or 25 running as fast as yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, our perception is these people aren't athletes. These are, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, I think it's that thing, is that athletic um, <laughs> achievement is seen just at the elites at a certain age. And beyond that, it's just a hobby or it's just people instead of being celebrated as trying to. And so that's the final thing I wanted to say on this was that the, the University of Kent said the most important thing for them in looking at trying to increase human life is uh, yeah, the, the, the length of human life is to increase the healthy human life getting people to live older but having those 10 15 years of decay at the end doesn't make any sense yeah. just to, to prolong that agony sort yeah, of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. but um and i just think and i'm i mean I, this podcast night might not be going in 30 years but if it is i'll come back and <laughs> you know, update you but i still think i still think from what i'm doing in terms of my strength yeah. training yeah. my diet that i am pushing back the aging process uh my life hack mm. my life hacks this can be quite a big thing or quite a small thing i'm calling it kind of i call it protect the downside it's not a new thing okay richard branson kind of has a you know a screw it let's do it kind of philosophy but he's mm -hmm. also a big believer of protecting the downside so i guess any decision you come to or you have to make i guess just that just have a little stop and think and go what is the worst thing that's going to happen mm -hmm. And then you kind of just go, okay, you understand what that is and you can live with whatever that worst case is. But it sounds very simple. And then just then just do it. Mm -hmm. Not sure everybody kind of does that. I do it all the time because of my work and all the things I have to do in my work. I just have to go, right, what is the worst case here? And sometimes they can be really small things and sometimes they can be really big things. I'm not taking my slow puncture. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is that that slow puncture gets worse yeah. when I'm driving at 80 in the motorway and I crash and die. Yeah. So just get it, just get it sorted. Just out. get it sorted. Um, this is a little a physical kind of hack for a cleaning one. Cleaning Kelly will be all over. Cleaning Kelly will be all, all yeah. over this. But if you're trying to find something small, like a nut or a bolt or something out of a uh, out of some jewelry or something, mm -hmm. put some tights if you've got some tights mm -hmm. over the end of your vacuum cleaner on the end of the nozzle, mm -hmm. and then vacuum around where you think it, that thing is. But it will just get caught in the tights. Okay. So sorry, like the, the first bit like an, an earring or something. Yeah, like the back of an earring or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and you can just catch it in the little net of the of the tights. Have you got one? Because I, I want three, but I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a third, third to you. Well, the one I had, I'm not going to use because I have used it before and it's not very good. This, <laughs> this is 
<laughs> I just thought I just thought I'd go to goodhousekeeping.com as you told those out. I thought you had one just no, because I haven't of your, your wisdom in life. No, my wisdom is so exhausted. Is here's how I got this far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I can't get my tyres changed on yeah. my car due to yeah, yeah, it is amazing. Social anxiety. <laughs> um, no, I was just whisking through these. Yeah, and it came up with the ones that you'd used in the last one. What? Removing burn stains. This is in good housekeeping. I didn't get it. I got that off a off a off a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. No, I didn't get don't didn't get it off there. But no. and I was going. These aren't all exclusive to me. No, I was just going to say this is for the boys out there. Ooh, lads. Is moisturise? I think it's good. I do. Yeah. Some I came to late on in life. Yeah, get a decent body I butter and moisturise. Body butter. That's something I haven't done. I probably need to. Get what do that you moisturise them with? Very liquid. What do I moisturise? None of your business. What I moisturise. Well, oh, I use moisturiser. Bod- what do you mean? There's like no. body, like body butter is the only thing you can use. Yeah, it's not. How do you use moisturiser? You can't. If you use moisturiser, how then do you tell do your me what whole I can't do? I don't do my own. Oh, I don't do all my body. Oh, what? So there's only the bit that you only value some of your body. All right. Why are you making me feel so bad about myself? Get some body. I'll buy you some body butter. All right. Get on with it then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank you very much. That'd be very kind. Okay. Um, if I can smell like you. <laughs> then um what <laughs> then I'm, i'd like to smell like you it's one of my aspirations in life well with this party butter you will um i've got a lot to edit i'm not gonna yeah. tell you what the time is on the clock but i've got my work cut out right that's it for this episode well done for getting this far and thanks for listening give us a follow on instagram and twitter at i'm Finecast, and send your feedback and ideas to i'm Finecast at gmail.com don't forget to give us a five-star review if on apple Podcasts, and tell a friend or two or three or four in the next episode, why? Why, oh, why, oh, why, Mark? Why? Why, why, why? Why moisturise? Why, why, why? 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 Why do we do anything? Why do we get up in the morning? Why do we work? Why do we Why do we need money? In some In some cases, yeah, if we have enough stuff, why do we think we need more? Why? Why? What drives us? What motivates us? Nothing like, a, you know, another small question. Yeah. <laughs> why are we here? Um... Remember when we talked about buying McDonald's back in the day, getting people into disabled toilets? I think we got, I think we dived deeper, haven't we? Yeah, that's all right. Let's have. I tell you what. I know you've you've planned a few. I think we need some more retro sweet specials. <laughs> you gonna yeah? Bring Bazooka Joe back. Yeah, it, yeah. But yeah I mean, these why? things these things are good, but they can get a little bit heavy. Yeah, we have been here most of the day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get going then. Yeah. See you in the next episode. No, no. Bye, bye.